0: man, who's glad they came to church this morning? Let's go. I know I am, and uh, sometimes when you're preaching, that ain't always the case, you know, but I'm glad to be here this morning, and um, I uh, I dressed down a little today, all right, because it's June, and it's officially summertime. Who's grateful for summertime? And uh, hey, I appreciate that, man, and uh, this is my beach shirt, y'all. I wore this I'm a beach boy, in case you didn't know. That's like, I grew up on, I grew up in Galveston. Not really. I grew up going to Galveston all the time. And um, anyway, I I wore this actually in honor of Kaylin and Tyler, because they're both actually at the beach this morning. And I just wish I was at the beach. No, I'm actually kidding. There's no place I want to be on planet Earth than right here, right now, because God has given me the privilege of um, just continuing to speak into our body, into this time, Um, and we're going to talk about the Word of God today, and it's going to be fire because the Word always is, all right? It just always is. I mean, how many, Billy just got up here and read two verses. I mean, did you feel that? Did you feel that when Billy just got up here and read two verses because it is um, powerful and effective, and I'm pumped. Guys, I need you to grab your Bible um, or your phone. Uh, I'm not going to go on a rant about how much I love paper Bibles, because I've been asked not to do that, and I I agree, but I'm saying there's something advantageous about flipping these pages. Hey, that rhymes actually. We're already in it. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Y'all, we're going to have fun this morning. I might blow a gasket in the Holy Spirit, but if I do, just get underneath it, you know? It's going to be fun. I have already asked the Holy Spirit to shut my mouth from saying something I'm not supposed to say today. So uh, we're going to really try to obey. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just, I'm in rare form this morning. It's summertime, and Jesus is alive. Acts chapter 2. How many of y'all were here last week? Okay, so last week, Tyler preached through Acts 1 and Acts 2. I'm not going to recap everything, but essentially we see um, the culmination of the story of Jesus on the earth in Acts chapter 1 and 2. After his resurrection, we know he ascends into heaven and he tells his followers to wait for 10 days until the promise of the Holy Spirit comes, right? So they're gathered together and the promised Holy Spirit is poured out on the day of Pentecost, fulfilling Old Testament prophecy and giving birth to the Spirit-filled church of God. I just want to draw our attention to one thing here in Acts chapter 2, um, verse 12 and 13. Y'all check this out. The, the Lord showed this to me a couple months ago, and I just think it's phenomenal. I want to share it real quick. But It says... Um, All were amazed. So God pours out his Holy Spirit and all these people are speaking in different languages because there were gathered in the city people from so many different tribes and languages and, and places and countries and regions and God poured out this miraculous manifestation of his Holy Spirit and people started speaking different languages. And so it says, all were amazed and perplexed saying to one another, what does this mean? That's a great question. What does this mean? But others mocking them said, they are filled with new wine. They're drunk. Now I just want to keep this verse here for a second, okay? Keep the new wine verse here for a second, okay? How do you guys know that these mockers, let's get that back up there, 2:13. These mockers were actually unknowingly prophesying what God had just poured out on his people. They were filled with new wine. You remember that whole thing with Jesus and you can't put new wine into old wineskins? You remember that? So the old wineskin was the temple of God. That's where the Holy Spirit dwelt. It was in the temple. Jesus said something new is coming. A new wine I'm pouring out in these days. And you can't put it in the temple. You can't put it in a geographical location. The new wine was what? Sorry, the new wineskin was what? The people, right? The new wineskin was the people. They were filled with new wine. These unknowing prophetic mockers, right? It's like, how awesome is that when you prophesy when you're trying to be a jerk, you know? Anyways, I just think that's amazing. God poured out the new wine into the new wineskin of his people. The temple couldn't contain what he was about to do, so it ended up in in the homes with the people. We are the temple of the living God. And so this, the, the church begins, okay, the church begins by a miraculous outpouring of new wine, which is beautiful. And so then let's go to Acts 2.42, because Tyler stopped in Acts uh, 2.41 last week, and I want to show us the fruit of that outpouring in Acts 2.42, what happened in the wake. Remember, 3,000 people get saved, and everybody is repenting. And putting their trust in Jesus, the Messiah, for the forgiveness of their sin. And then here's what happens to them, what they start doing after that. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Can you all read this with me? And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. So we're in this series this summer called We the Church, and we are talking about what does it look like to be a New Testament, new wine, people of God? What does it look like? And we talk about Acts 2, 42 through 47 a lot at Antioch, but I think sometimes we fail to see that this was just the fruit of them being filled with the Holy Spirit. This was just the product of God pouring out His Spirit among them. They started gathering. But you see here there's four things. They devoted themselves to four things, right? Same with me again. The apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. And that's what they, those were the activities that began to characterize them as a family. We have just been brought into this new family of God, and they began to devote themselves to these four primary activities. There was more, but in one verse here, we just get vision for their, the devotion that followed it within this community. And so this morning, we're just talking about that very first thing that they devoted themselves to, which was the apostles' teaching. We're talking about the word of God. They devoted themselves. I want to share a testimony with y'all I heard this week from one of our family's own life group leaders. They were regathering at life group this past week, and he said, man, one of the guys from our life group came in all excited and just like, this guy kind of looked like, honestly, kind of a new creation from between COVID. I mean, he just came in just looking alive and joyful and and just full of excitement. And and, um, we start sharing and this guy shares. He says, man, COVID-19 was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like, what is wrong with you, man? And he said, during the quarantine, I read the entire New Testament and it completely changed my life. This guy begins to testify to the group that as a result of this time and this season and being pulled back, he just had to dig into the Word of God in a way that he never has before. He read through the entire New Testament, I think in a couple of days, and it's just it's like it just totally shifted and changed something inside of him. The Word of God. So I want y'all to say something with me this morning. Here we're as we kind of this is going to be a little bit of an outline for The message this morning, but um, I'm going to tell you it and then I'm going to invite you to say it with me. But so uh, when it comes to the word of God, it is the rock on which I stand and it is the weapon in my hand. All right. So we're going to say that together. It is the rock on which I stand and it is the weapon in my hand. Let's do it again. It is the rock on which I stand and it is the weapon in my hand. We're just going to talk about two amazing components about the word of God, the apostles teaching and that is number one, it is the foundation of all truth, it is the rock on which I stand, and it is the sword of the Spirit, a weapon in my hand. And guys, all I'm gonna do for the next, what, 22 minutes is I'm gonna preach, um, and we're gonna repent. And that's actually an exciting thing, that's not like a scary Southern Baptist like, repent, (laughs) you know, this is like, repentance, how many guys know, leads to life and restoration. Repentance is simply we bump up against the Word of God and it shows us something that is off in our lives. And because God loves us so much, He wants to steer us away from destruction and deception and He leads us to life. But our participation in that process is we hit the Word of God and it shows us where we're wrong and we go, Yes, Lord. And we turn and we turn into the life of God, the Word of God. That's repentance. So, I'd be remiss if I stood up here and preached a sermon on the Word of God and didn't use a lot of the Word of God, right? And so we're going to be reading a lot of the Bible today, and I hope that you will be in it with me. So flip to 2 Timothy chapter 3. That's where we're going to start. We're going to spend a lot of time today in First and 2 Timothy as we talk about the Word of God. And we're going to let the Word just uh, redirect and shape, and convict, and encourage, um, and we're going to trust the Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm not up here to like, you know, slap everybody or something like that, I'm not, I'm, I'm honestly, I want to just like, put the word of God before us, and let us do what it needs to do in each of our lives, because we're all in different places th- this morning, amen, all right, 2 Timothy 3, I didn't even have that much coffee this morning, am I talking too fast, are we good, man, Thank you Connor Fink. 2 Timothy <laughs> chapter 3 verse 16 and verse 17. Deep breaths. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man and woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. My friends, we will not be complete and we cannot be equipped if we are not regularly submitting our lives to be shaped by the Word of God. Every single word in this book is profitable for our teaching, our correction, and our training. We will not be complete as men and women made in the image of God on our journey to look like the image of our Creator. We will not be complete and we cannot be equipped without regular submission to the word of God. And I wanna wanna say a note here on the difference between exhortation and condemnation because I am going to be exhorting us. I believe the spirit of God is gonna be exhorting us as a body this morning, which means he is going to be urging us and calling us further and higher. But there's a difference between exhortation and condemnation and I don't want there to be any room for any of us to feel condemnation this morning. And here's the difference. One comes from the Father to build you up for your good. That's called exhortation. A good Father calling you up. The other comes from the Father of lies to highlight your failure and to tear you down. So we're binding the Father of lies and His condemnation. This is not a morning for you to feel condemned about what you have not been doing. This is a morning for you to be exhorted by a good Father to get some pep in your step and say, okay, it's time for me to go to another level, okay? So do not hear condemnation in my voice today. Um, So do I have permission, church family, to challenge us as a father today, to exhort us? Do you believe that I love you and that I'm not just up here, even though I do enjoy the sound of my voice, I am not just up here for that. I actually believe in this body, believe in the body, and I want to exhort us by the Spirit of God as a father. Can we do that? Are, do you all give me permission to do that today? All right. So first thing I want to say about this God-breathed profitable for correction, profitable for training, is that we don't read the Word of God. I heard this years and years ago. We don't read the Word of God like we read the newspaper, you know? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, cool, David. David you know, slay Goliath today, you know, okay, Solomon going off the rails, you know, oh, Hosea, that's weird, that whole uh, prostitution thing. Okay, we don't, yeah, read Hosea another day, sorry, that's just what I flipped to. We don't read the Word of God like we read the newspaper. We don't read it, what I'm saying is we don't read it primarily for information, We read the Word of God primarily for, you know it's going to rhyme, transformation, Ben Bennett. We don't read it like a newspaper for information. We read the Word of God for transformation, okay? How many of you get really bored really fast reading an instruction manual? Yes, okay? Some of y'all do that for fun, and that's just weird, but I'm just kidding. I love you, all of you. Jonathan and Craig just looked at each other. I love you guys, man. I saw that. Most of us get bored reading the instruction manual, right? But when you're sick, like you're physically sick or ill, something's going on with you, you're miserable, and you go sit in a doctor's office, you listen to every word that man says, right? You don't get bored sitting in that office when he's telling you what's wrong with you and how to get better, right? You listen to every word he's saying, right? Because you're sick. And he's there to heal you because you're looking for healing, right? So when we come to the word of God, we don't come for information. We come for healing. And we submit our lives. I know I've been yelling too much, sweetheart. It's okay. I can, I'll start to whisper, I love you. You can be Okay. Hey, there is room to run around out there. We're streaming in the big room. If y'all need to uh, hang out there and let the kiddos run around, just for everybody. So, the when I come to the Word of God, like a doctor, stay with me. Like a doctor, I let it examine me, Amen. I let it diagnose me, Amen. I let it prescribe me medication. So that I can be healed and transformed. Are you with me? I don't come to the Word of God like a newspaper for information. I come like a doctor when I'm sick, and I let it diagnose me, I let it examine me, and I let it prescribe my medication, and then I repent, and I let it shape me, I let it correct me. Amen? So I want you all to flip to 1 Timothy chapter 4. So go back to 1 Timothy 4. We're going to be in um, verse 6 through 16. So that's the goal for this morning, guys, is we're putting ourselves before the Word of God, and we're letting it examine us. We're letting it shape and prescribe healing to us, okay? Here we go in chapter 4. We'll see where we get here. All right. Um, Paul is saying to Timothy, he's, he says this, if you put these things before the brothers, and these things, he's talking about the teaching. He's talking about the words that he's been instructing Timothy in. You'll be a good servant of Jesus Christ. Being trained in the words of the faith. That's cool, huh? The words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. You guys know there is a difference between good doctrine and bad doctrine. You guys know that what defines good doctrine is what's found in the Bible, and what defines bad doctrine is stuff that is not found in the Bible and stuff that is twisted and distorted, and there is a difference in that doctrine matters. Doctrine matters to us. Look at what he says here, verse 7. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. There's that training word again. Did y'all see that in 2 Timothy 3? The word of God is profitable for training in righteousness. You guys ever work out? Y'all just like, how many of y'all like training, fitness, improving the condition of your physical form It's just like super easy, you you know, it's like you you wake up, you roll into the gym, you get in a few quick sets, and you walk out looking like Cade Wilson every other day. Does that happen easy? Cade's not here this morning, love you, brother. There's others. Physical, hey, if you're streaming, bro, Brian, or no, sorry, College Station Fire, shout out, love you, man. Guys, there is a training of the Word, again, that we submit our lives to. Guys, do you think that this whole process is going to be really easy for us to be, shaped and conformed in the image of a holy God, when we're bumping around in this crazy broken world, man, we gotta be in the, um, I digress, we gotta be in the word. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. It holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, for to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, yes, Lord, to exhortation, there's the exhortation, to teaching, do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by the prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Go down to verse 16. Keep a close watch, somebody say close watch. close watch, on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Remember, guys, we're talking about the, God poured out His Spirit. The New Testament family of God was birthed, okay, this community of people, and they walked forward, and the first thing they devoted themselves to was the apostles' teaching, are we seeing the theme here? There's, there's words of the faith. There's sound doctrine. There's the apostles' teaching. And here in Timothy, we're saying, guys, we've got to keep these things in front of us. We've got to keep the word of God central right in front of our eyes. Why? Because it is the, say it with me, it is the rock on which I stand, and it is the weapon in my hand. It is the rock on which I stand, and it is the weapon in my hand. The first... And primary thing we need to walk away with this morning is that the word of God is truth. If you like to take notes, and I've been all over the place right now, here's number one, truth. The word is truth. Here's the beautiful thing about truth. How many, uh, how many feelers do I have in the room? You got Myers-Briggs, you got an F in your thing, right? You're primarily relate to the world and make decisions based on your feelings. Okay, amen. Shout out to my feelers. If you haven't noticed, I am among you, okay? How many of my, we got thinkers in the room, like I primarily kind of live in my head and all these crazy emotional people jumping up and down, like just chill out and read a book, you know? Like, you guys with me, okay? We're all somewhere on that spectrum of like thinkers and feelers. Here's the great thing about that, okay, is that the word of God rescues both of us, okay? Okay? So if you're a feeler, the truth of God rescues us from what we feel. And I want to speak into this feelings thing. This is amazing. I actually was uh, out at Century Square the other day with um, a few guys from the young adult life group that I get to be a part of, and we were doing just some, some lunch together and some, some accountability and discipleship. and we went out to do some outreach and just pray for some people. And I brought my son Caleb with me. We had a great time. It was really fun. And um, as we're leaving, there was this, this vehicle parked down in front. I don't know if this picture made it through the email. Did y'all get it? Okay, I walk out, and I'm not kidding. This was right in front of my face yesterday. Facts don't care about your feelings. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. Okay? I re- leave this over here for a second. So, so disclaimer, I, fellow feelers, I feel you. I really feel you, man. I do, okay? And let me, say, let me just put, put something around this. God cares about your feelings, okay? He does. He loves you. He wants to enter into the deepest places of your emotions that are going all over the place. God meets me in my feelings all the time, okay? But there is some, there's a point. The feelers in the room, we got to rein it back from being led by our emotions, right, to being led and rooted in the word of God. And I just thought this was hilarious. I mean, literally, I'm about to preach on this this morning, and I walk out of Hop over there at Century Square, and boom, this truck's right in front of my face. So, hey, feelers in the room, unite. Can we let this exhort us a little bit this morning? So what does this look like? What does this look like? What this looks like is the word of God is true. Your feelings are going to weave in and out. They might hit the truth sometime. But we've got to learn to not be led by our feelings. And I'm on the journey with you. So here's what I've been doing lately, okay? I've been literally getting up in the morning. I'll walk up and down my driveway with my Bible open, and I'll just start reading the truth out loud because this is fact. You guys know this, right? This is fact. So even when I'm feeling discouraged, I'm feeling exhausted, I'm feeling whatever I'm feeling of that day, I will say out loud to myself, permission to borrow this, I'll say out loud, literally, and you might think this is cheesy, it's helping me. I'll say, I might be discouraged this morning, but the fact of the matter is, I'm loved by God. And I'll just start saying that. The fact of the matter is, Jesus died on the cross for me. I'm a child of God. The fact of the matter is, I have everything I need for everything He's called me to today. The fact of the matter is, is that His Holy Spirit's with me. And I'll just start reciting the facts. And I'm telling you feelers in the room, when I start reciting the facts and declaring the facts, my feelings start to get in line, and that's a beautiful thing. Our feelings need to lead the truth. Sorry, sorry, wow, that was wrong, reverse. Our feelings need to follow what is true. Sometimes that means we have to stand on the truth before we feel it, all right, feelers. Now, thinkers, so that's number one. The truth rescues us from what we feel, Number two, the truth informs us as to what to think. Because the thinkers in the room, you got a whole different set of problems, which is you think too much sometimes for your own good. And so you begin to concoct all these amazing scenarios and and analytics and explanations for the world around you, some of which are rooted in facts, many of which, because I know you and I love you, are not. The mind can go way on that side just like the heart can. Are you with me? The point is that the Word of God, whether you're a feeler, whether you're a thinker, the Word of God is truth, and we need to be consuming it regularly so that it is leading us and that we are not being led by our minds or by our hearts, but by the Word of God. Amen? So with all of that, so, so wrapping that thing together, the bottom line is that the truth of God delivers us from deception. It delivers us from, this, from deception. And I just want to say something, man. There's a lot going on. This is an important message. The, I'm not jacked up on caffeine or anything right now. I am feeling resistance to the message that I'm preaching right now. And so if you're feeling distracted or you're feeling resistance or you're feeling judgment towards me or you're feeling whatever, I want us to just grab up all of that junk in the name of Jesus and lay it at the foot of the cross, and put the blood of Jesus over this room, because this message is important for the church, for the bride of Christ right now, and it is that we need to get our anchor back into the rock. You know what I'm saying? Okay? If we don't have our anchor hooked onto the rock, guys, the wind and the waves of these days are going to toss us to and fro. And if I'm being totally honest, when I look at the church, not just our church, but I look at the global church right now, I see us being driven and tossed by the waves, if I'm totally honest. And that's because I think we're spending too much time on social media, being led by our feelings or by our thoughts instead of anchored into the Word of God. So I'm not saying we don't need to be aware and be informed, but I am saying that if you're spending more time reading the news or scrolling social media without first anchoring your life in his word and renewing your mind with his perspective, there is a good chance that you or I or any of us are being led astray in some area of our thinking. The nature of deception is that you do not know when you are being deceived. But when your mind is anchored to the solid rock of his word, you spot deception a mile away. And you walk away from it. Do not be driven and tossed by the waves. Anchor to the rock. My personal opinion is that two of the greatest threats facing the body of Christ right now globally, including our family here in College Station, is deception and division. I believe they're the two greatest threats against the body of Christ right now. We can be deceived, church. And if we're not anchored in the word, we will be deceived. I'm not saying don't keep up with the news and know what's going on out there. But I'm saying if you're consuming that stuff more than the word of God, it's going to mess with your perspective. Because Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. A friend wiser than me once said he's the prince of the power of the airwaves. All this stuff floating and swirling around out there. I mean, guys, have you felt it? Have you felt the confusion? Have you felt the heaviness? Have you felt the, oh, the just the, yuck, like, whoa, what do I do? What do I, I mean, and then Billy gets up here and reads two verses. Did you feel that? Clarity. Man, I don't have time to... I don't have time to go through all of what I want to go through this morning on deception, but I want to, if you're taking notes or if you're flipping in the Bible, I want you to circle a couple things real quick, and I want you to chew on this later. I'm going to give you four passages. They're all in First and 2 Timothy. First, I just want to show you how real this is, okay, for a second. 1 Timothy 6, 20 through 21. I want you to listen to this language that is so consistent throughout these two books to Timothy. He says, Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. For by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. He is saying, there are things you need to avoid. Irreverent babble, false knowledge. Because it is deceiving people and swerving them from the faith. Go to 2 Timothy 2. I just want to show you this is not an isolated incident. 2 Timothy 2, 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of God. If I can rightly handle the word of God, that means I can wrongly handle the word of God, amen? But there it is again, avoid irreverent babble for it will lead into more and more godliness. Is that not not a pretty good commentary on what we're seeing right now? Avoid a reverent babble. It will only lead to more and more ungodliness and their talk will spread like gangrene. That's nasty, man. (laughs) Avoid it. Check this out. 2 Timothy 2, 23. I'm not making this stuff up. 23 and 24 have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. They know they, you know they breed corals. How many of y'all being convicted right now? How many of y'all have been spending way too much time with irreverent babble and f- foolish controversies? Yeah, we're going to repent. I told you, we're going to preach and repent. So if I'm just saying, that we're a family. There is no condemnation, only exhortation. If the Word of God is exhorting you, I want you to stand up with me. We're going to repent, family of God. If you're feeling like, oh man, way too much time on irreverent babble, not enough time in the Word of God, I want you to stand up. Just be honest, be bold, be vulnerable. Way too much. I'm not forcing you into this. Don't stand up because the room stand up. This is a you and Holy Spirit conviction. Okay, if you're streaming in with us, you can stand up in the living room too. If you can't see it, you probably can't. I, I would guess that 75% of our room is standing up right now. Now, all I've been doing for the last three minutes is reading the Bible, <laughs> telling us to avoid irreverent babble and foolish controversies and inviting us to be convicted by the Word of God and to repent. I'm going to read one more. 1 Timothy 4, y'all can stay standing. Preach the word. This is verse 2. Sorry, 2 Timothy 4. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. They will turn away from listening to the truth, and they will wander off into myths. It is possible for the bride of Christ, for the body of Christ, for believers in Christ, to be deceived, to be Wander off, away from the truth, into myths. Let it not be said of us. Antioch Community Church and College Station. If you want to repent with me today and anchor your life back in the word of God and avoid all the irreverent babble, I want you to put your hand on your heart and we're going to repent before Jesus. Jesus, your kindness leads us. To repentance. Thank you for loving us so much this morning that you would prick our hearts by the Holy Spirit and make 75% of this room stand up in repentance because you love us so much. You're so kind and you're so committed to steering your body away from deception, steering us, your children away from myths and irreverent babble and speculation and what is falsely called knowledge, we repent. I want you to say it with me, I repent, Jesus. I repent, I repent for getting my ideas from what's out there on the airwaves than from your word. I repent for letting my feelings be led by what's out there on the airwaves rather than the fact of your word. And I ask that you would restore in me today a right mind and a right heart to discern the truth of God in these times. God, guard me from deception. Guard me from being swerved away from my faith in the truth and put a new hunger in my heart for your word. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Men. Now look at your brother, you stand it up, say, You are forgiven, you are washed, you are clean by the blood of Jesus. It's a new day. Let's rock and roll. Because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Y'all can sit down, all right? This is not about condemnation but exhortation. Exhortation. Let us not be deceived, church. I said my personal opinion, the two greatest threats facing the body of Christ right now are deception and division. The word of God is the rock on which I stand and the sword in my hand. I want to say a quick word on division and then we're going to talk about the sword of the spirit and wrap this thing up. Last week I was walking up and down my street one morning just drinking some tea and praying. I recently did a 40-day coffee fast still like coffee a lot, but one of the fruits of that was I actually found a tea that I enjoy. So here we go. I repent for all the days i bashed you tea drinkers, all right? So I like me some Earl Grey, just being honest. So I'm, drink- I'm, I'm walking up and down my street drinking my Earl Grey one morning, and it's just like, Lord, what are you saying? What is going on? Help me just be rooted in your truth. And, and I sense the Lord um, saying the world is rioting, but the church is uniting. And I just felt like he said, there's no greater power on the planet than a unified body. I promise you that the enemy is trying to divide us right now by getting us to take sides on non-essentials instead of uniting around the gospel. The solution to the brokenness of our day is not political. It is spiritual. We need the gospel. We need the gospel to be the meditation of our hearts and the overflow of our mouths during this time division may be the way of the world. Let it not be the way of the body of Christ. We've got to figure this thing out because we're going to head into some times, I believe, on the earth where we're going to see more division than ever before. And the calling on the body of Christ is going to be to unite like never before. And look, I know we don't all have the same perspectives and beliefs and political opinions and views and all that stuff. It's okay for us to disagree. It is not okay for us to divide. we got to unite around what is in the word of God. We've got to realize that the calling on our lives as the church is different from what's going on in the world. And look, I just want to go ahead and say it. There There is not a political solution to the brokenness of our day. And whether we are being led in our country by the far right or by the far left, We are going to have a host of problems because until Jesus comes and we have the gospel renew the face of the planet, there's going to be all kinds of problems. And so would you rather walk through those problems together as a unified body rooted and anchored in the word of God, or would you rather take sides in the world and play the game? So my exhortation against deception and division, dig into your Bibles and draw near to your community. Dig into your Bibles and draw near to your community. Y'all stand up as we close this morning. His word is the rock on which I stand, and it is the, the weapon in my hand. Y'all know Ephesians 6, 10. Come on, I know I'm not the first preacher that ever shouted at you about the armor of God, right? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. Some of y'all need to hear that again. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. You might notice something here about the armor of God. And that is that you have a lot of armor that is designed to protect you, right? Right? All of this armor is put on you to protect you and make you ready, but you got one weapon, and that's the sword of the spirit. Did you see that? You got a lot of armor to defend and protect you. You got one thing that you can swing. What's the difference between the word and a sword? Y'all are gonna laugh, this is a little cheesy, it's fine. What's the only difference between a word and a sword? one letter. What letter? Y'all going to remember this. You can laugh, but you can remember this. The only difference between a word and a sword is if you s- swing it, all right? You know that this thing, that's got you, Ray. This thing, just like a sword, does you no good if it's sitting over there If it's sitting on your side table, if it's laying on your coffee table, it does you no good unless it is in your hand and you are swinging that thing. This is an exhortation for us, church. We got to pick up the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. I know you felt the confusion, I've known you felt the attack of the enemy. Am I alone? I've known you felt the swirl of thoughts and ideas and feelings. These are hard times. Pick up your sword, church. These are hard times. Our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against a spiritual darkness we cannot see. Pick up your sword, church. Pick up your sword, church, and swing that thing. It is time. It is not, to, if all you're wearing is the armor, all you can do is cower and defend. Do you see the picture? All you can do is cower and defend and hope you don't get beat up. You pick up that sword, church, and move forward. I am tired of watching the church right now be led by the world, and I think it's because we left the sword over there and we're just hiding in our armor. Church, pick up the sword for the love of God, literally. For the love of God. For the love of God for our world pick up your sword. We're just going to worship and pray against deception and against division. I just want to invite you personally. I am starting tomorrow. This is not an Antioch. Why, you do not have to do this. This is Chris Pletcher, okay? So I am doing a 21-day social media fast starting tomorrow. I'm going to be reading through First and 2 Thessalonians, First and 2 Timothy, and Titus, because those five books together have exactly 21 chapters, okay? Okay. I am doing, and I am inviting any of you that would like to do that. Find a credible news outlet if you can and get your information, that's fine, but I'm saying get off the Prince of the Powers airwaves for a second and get back into the Word of God. That's an invitation from me. That is not an Antioch sanction. We're all doing this. I'm just telling you, that's what I'm doing. 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus. We're gonna worship and pray against deception. We're gonna sing the song, your word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet, we're gonna ask God to put a new hunger in our hearts for the word of God. Amen? All right. Jesus, we love you. I just wanna ask you guys, I'll close your eyes for a second. If you're here this morning and I'm freaking you out a little bit because you've never seen anybody this excited about Jesus or church or the Bible, If you've never given your life to Jesus or you've never received the grace of God over your life through the cross of Jesus Christ, I just want to invite you to turn away from your sin this morning, to turn away from looking to yourself or looking to somebody else to save you and to turn to Jesus. I want to invite you, if you never have before, to call on the name of the Lord this morning. He loves you. He died on the cross for you. It is a free gift, and all you got to do is take it and say, yes, Lord, forgive my sin. Forgive my sin and make me a new creation. By the blood of Jesus, you can be born again. You can become a new creation. It's the whole story of the Bible. You can become a new person by the blood of Jesus Christ this morning. All you gotta do is turn away from your old life and receive the gospel of Jesus. If that's you this morning, I just wanna invite you to take a step of faith. Tell somebody around you here this morning that you put your faith in Jesus for the first time. you're watching through our live stream and you've never truly forsaken your own way to follow Jesus in the privacy of your living room or your, your bedroom, wherever you're at, just want to encourage you to get on your knees and surrender your life to Jesus, receive His love for you. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us first. Come and have your way in our in our midst, in our church, in our city. It's in your name we pray, amen.